Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Hi, it's Don Johnson here with the Proclaim and Defend podcast. We've just concluded our annual meeting held at Faith Baptist Bible College and Seminary in Ankeny, Iowa. It was a great time of fellowship and spiritual renewal. I hope you can join us next year in Colorado, where Pastor Will Sen is planning for us a great meeting uh, as well. We're looking forward to it. While I was at Faith, I was able to connect with several of the professors of the college who, all, who contributed to Frontline. I'm going to go to one of these interviews this week since their edition of Frontline was just put into the mail in the last week or so. You'll want to pick up a copy. We still have several interviews from earlier this year and we'll share them in due course, but today we're going to turn to the current issue. Just want to promote it and get it out into your, uh, get it to your attention. So our guest today is Ken Rathbun. He's the Vice President for Academic Services and College Dean at Faith and he's also one of our associate editors for Frontline Magazine. He's the one who put this issue together. So I'll let him introduce himself in this issue, uh, and so let's just turn now to my interview with Dr. Ken Rathbun. All right, well, this is Don Johnson. I'm with the Proclaim and Defend bod- podcast, and we are here with Ken Rathbun, and he's going to introduce himself and tell us about his ministry and how he got to where he is in this stage in life, and uh, all about himself. He knows more about himself than I do, so uh, Ken, go ahead. Thank you, Don, and appreciate being on. I was born into a Christian family. My mom and dad were were Christian school teachers, and so I've been in a Christian school all my schooling growing up, and came to know the Lord as a very young boy because I got in trouble a lot, so I knew that... that sin needed to be punished and and the the question that really plagued my mind was is what about all the sin i've done that no one caught me for who's going to pay for that sin (laughs) and so i knew that i needed to trust christ as my savior and to ask him to forgive me of my sins and and that um, i could could be in a right relationship with the lord and later was baptized and grew up in omaha nebraska age 11 we moved to toledo ohio to a different christian school there and when i finished there i went to faith baptist bible college i sensed god's call in my life for ministry and thought i only needed four years if i even needed that and then i'll be out in the ministry and everybody will be thrilled but actually it was a lot different than that because there was a lot of things in Bible college that I didn't know that I needed to learn. And working a secular job was helpful, too, because I was witnessing to other college students from other universities. And oftentimes they didn't they would have questions that I couldn't answer. And so I realized that I needed to take my schooling a lot more seriously. I stayed for seminary, finished a Master of Divinity and then went to a another university after that. And then pastor the church for three and a half years. And so I give God praise for that. As I was doing that, I was bivocational. And so working a warehouse job too. And I asked God, can you allow me to serve you full time so I could be totally devoted? And 
And God gave me an opportunity, but it was totally different than what I anything I ever expected. As a single guy, I was given the opportunity to go to Jamaica to be a missionary there, and I thought, "Wow, I don't want to do that." I mean, that's where that's like an exile or something, you know. That's that's not that does not going to work out well, I don't think. But God made it very clear because it was the only option I had, and so I thought, if God is really wanting me to do this, I better be willing. And so I was eventually been there for, went there for, and was there with Baptist Missions for 14 years. I went there as a single, and I was single for the first seven or eight years. And I taught in a Bible college, and in the summer months, I would go to other places around the world and teach. And not every place has the same schooling schedule, so I could teach throughout the summer. And... And so I've been to India and a bunch of times there and Australia, New Zealand, um, Thailand, and a couple of times to Africa. And and then always going to England, usually on the way to somewhere else. And that was helpful, too. I met some really wonderful people there and a church there that I have grown to love very much. And so that was all a wonderful thing. Enjoyed it very much. But one time I was presenting my work at, a, at, at my ministry at a church and a missionary in the back said hey i want you to come to to brazil to to teach at our school here and i'm finishing up my ministry i need to get these guys through their master's program and you can take this class and i thought well you know i'm usually more familiar with language but you know just with english and that would be great but now i'll have to do a translation situation which i've done before but but this was pretty intense. And, but I thought, you know, if this is what God wants me to do, I mean, I should be a help to everybody, even if they speak my language or not. So I did, and that trip changed my life. Never been the same since, I could, because I met my wife there. And she's Brazilian. She grew up in the Amazon, and we met 2,000 miles south of there, so that, you know, I didn't even, couldn't even find her town, really, on a, on a Google map. But anyway figure that out where she was a year and a half later we got married and then we served together in jamaica for the next six years until i came here to faith baptist bible college and i serve here as the academic vice president very good that's quite a career and uh, you are um um you are one of the editors for our uh, for the Frontline Magazine, I think the title we use is Associate Editor. Yes. And so one of the questions I had to start with, because you're in charge of this current issue, that's called Navigating Life's Transitions. So, um, and dealt with quite a few things, pre-marriage, uh, dealing with uh, the change as children leave the home in various ways or don't leave the home, and then uh, and then end-of-life changes when, when older parents are are coming to the end and, and what we deal, uh, do with that. And also living, or, and then we had three articles in there about single ministry, mm-hmm. and the, including one of yours. So the question, uh, first question I had is why did, this, how did this topic come up as an, as for the, uh, for the magazine? Well, Kevin Shaw gets us all together via Zoom a couple times a year, and as far as us, the associate editors, and we brainstorm. But Kevin usually comes with, a, a list or so of things of topics that he wants to sort of bounce off the guys and see what what they think of and and sometimes it goes a different direction but anyway either we are assigned or oftentimes we volunteer for various topics that are of interest to us and and people that we know have they could write articles for those and so I chose that one and I thought that would be good for us 
And it kind of nat- naturally led towards some of the articles there on singleness because of my own life. Mm-hmm. I didn't get married until I was almost 39. So mm-hmm. I've had, I've been in ministry a long time as a single and now am charting it. Now I've been married for 14 years about. So, so that's good. Been married three times, actually, I should say, because I, with no divorces, same woman each time. <laughs> so I got married once in Brazil and then once in the United States and then once at the, the Brazil embassy in Jamaica where we needed to get the civil wedding done. So, oh, wow. so uh, we get three anniversaries a year. So <laughs> even though I'm behind, I'm 52 years old and most of the rest of the people my age don't have young kids like I do and all the rest and they're on there. But, but since we get three marriage anniversaries a year, I'm catching up to most people. Now, all right. So. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good to know. I, <laughs> that's funny. And I do know that some countries do require the, uh, uh, the civil, the civil yes. uh, thing, and yeah. and that, that's quite interesting uh, uh, addition to all of this. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's talk about your article in particular. And I I sum up, summed up the first part of your article this way: that, it, that the first thing you're dealing with is basically a theology of singleness as it's taught in the Scripture, especially by the Apostle Paul. Uh, and but we could maybe call it a theology of contentment or even of service, mm-hmm. whether somebody's married or not. And uh, would you say that summarizes uh, what you're saying? Yes, I think especially that service aspect there. I think that's Paul's point in the passage that of First Corinthians seven that single people are of of a great value in ministry, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be looked upon as oh boy, he's a single. I don't know. If it would be good for him to be in ministry. Now, it all comes down to character mm-hmm. and whether there's character with a married person or character with a single person, the, the opportunity is there for both. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. So we don't want to get too much into the detail of the article, but uh, I encourage our listeners to, to subscribe and read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one question that does come to mind is this. Do you, do you think that Christians or maybe even society in general tends to uh, disparage singleness and and uh, I guess, I mean, obviously God created and saw it was not good for man to be alone. So there's sure. there's, uh, there's an impulse and we have a natural impulse towards it. And mm-hmm. so what do, you, what do you think of how the church treats that? Yeah, now that's good because it's how the churches or how you see churches treat that is, is significant. Because, you know, there is a, I don't know, I suppose a little bit of a stigma against singles as far as, okay, well, what's the matter with you? What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Are you too picky or are you not committed or whatever that? Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that in my case, I was all those things. But in any <laughs> case, the, the, the issue is, is that Paul's point is that we should be in ministry and mm-hmm. we should not wait to be in ministry until we're married or until some other milestone that we have in mind happens. Paul's point is, is that we should all be in ministry no matter what we're in the ministry that's appropriate for you in whatever station of life you're in. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important because, yeah, there isn't something wrong with with this young lady over here or this guy over here necessarily. If, if you know, marriage is the normal thing, but, but, but it doesn't mean that they're not normal if they're right. not married. Right, yeah. And I, I, you know, even when I was going to school, I mean, the big thing was to be out in ministry. We'd be out witnessing and Mm-hmm. You know, working in churches, and you know, and that's you know, we weren't married. Yeah, <laughs> we we're just doing right. it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was a youth pastor in uh-huh. a small church, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we got to get busy. That's uh, one of the things we need to take from this. Um, now, in the uh, 
one of the things that uh, I've noticed in uh, some colleges is that there's a seems to be at least a pretty big disparity between men and women students and uh, we did a tour here yesterday and they were telling us uh, maybe it was the day before they that um, the ratio here at Faith Baptist uh, Bible College is somewhere around uh, 52% women and 48% men which is mm-hmm. pretty even I was a little surprised at that yeah <laughs> in yeah. a way but because I've heard it's different in many other places sure and it probably was different when I went here right way back when too but I think that's healthy and that's good and and it also shows, at least I found in my life, that you don't have to marry someone from the Bible college you go to, you know? Right. And, and yet, on the other hand, if I hadn't been in ministry and I hadn't been doing what God wanted, I wouldn't have found the, the woman I, I have for my wife. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't think you should let that, don't let your status as married or unmarried stop you from being in ministry. Right. All right. And, and the thing is that, um, uh, so well, when we think about that, like even so, even when you have a sort of a healthy ratio like that, and obviously there's some, regardless of the ratio, there are some young men and some young women who don't marry coming out of college, uh, and uh, so what would you say should be the primary concern for them, uh, for for young people as they set out for Bible college with a view to future ministry? Right. You know, we don't really know what God has for us. I mean, we pretty much have in mind something, you know, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to, here's God's will for my life, and I just need him to sign the bottom, and I'll be <laughs> fine, you know, just, here we go. But but I'm in doing I'm doing things now that I never anticipated that God wanted me to do, and it's very clear that this is what God wants me to do. So I, I give God praise for that. But it's really important for, for us, uh, either as a man or as a woman, to to be open to what God has for us and, and allow him to say, hey, it's good that you're following me. Now this is where I have for you. And a lot of times that may not be the direction we're anticipating. It's certainly mm-hmm. what, it wasn't in my thoughts ever to be a missionary as a single person in another country, you know, right, but, right. but that's what God had for me. Yeah, and I think, I guess, you just start moving, serving the Lord, and as, sure. as doors open, you just keep doing what the Lord wants you to do. Exactly. I think that's, that's a good way to I say think, it. I think we have to find satisfaction in, in that. Yes, it, that is true. And, and in appropriate ways that, that would, would be a help to, to what God wants us to, to further our lives in. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, um, uh, oh, there was a question that popped up as you were talking there, but I'll, I'll see if I think of it later. Uh, so as, uh, these young people, uh, the uh, you know one of the things I guess I guess well let me put it this way in my experience when I was uh, when I was that youth pastor in that church there was uh, I was a graduate student single and uh, I wasn't dating anybody in particular but there was a young lady in the church and the people in the church were putting a lot of pressure on me uh, about her and uh, I ended up marrying somebody else and she ended up marrying somebody else eventually so uh but what do you say about churches? How are Christians? They're well-meaning friends. I mean, they mean well. They sure, don't, sure, sure. You know. Yeah, there's not like an animosity. Here, no. But, <laughs> but again, the, the, some of the assumption behind that is is that you're not right, you're not normal, you're not, you know, this is what you need. Right. And you know what? I, I, you know, Christ talks about that there will be some people that are, that are not going to be married. So, you know, that's fine for them. And I didn't necessarily feel like I was that kind of a person, but but it is important for us to to realize 
how can we say if say you're a married family and you see this single person in your church how can we minister to that person mm-hmm. you know that person has needs and things like that and then on the other side it's it's helpful for the single people and i learned this too to be very faithful and be mm-hmm. people that you can count on because people that are single have plenty of options we have options that that a married person wouldn't have if someone wants us to go away for the weekend to you know a state two states away and and do this and that and the other thing fine but if that person is in a church and is a Sunday school teacher, they'd have to. It's okay for them to say no to that because I, I have a commitment. And mm-hmm. and when people see that you're committed to what God has for you, that's a help too. Mm-hmm. And and so we can be we can be faithful to what we do and be dependable. I think that's good uh, for both sides. So the married people can be looking out for the single people, and the single people can be a great blessing to married people. Right. Yeah. And the, you're, while you're in Jamaica there, uh, you, you got involved in the local church there. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So what was that like as far as uh, relationships and things like that? You know, that was really helpful to me. I Anybody could see, even after I was there for 14 years, they take like one look at me and they know I'm a foreigner. There's no way to get around that. And, and that's fine. What I found was that church was in Montego Bay was, was really my life, my home, my, my family in, in one sense. And, and it was a really wonderful experience for me to, it took a while, but to really get some good deep roots there so that I would have people I would miss if I wasn't in Jamaica. And, and especially my Jamaica mom. And within two years, I had a Jamaica mom. She she, would t- she was in the choir, and she'd say, I, I told everybody, i got a white son now. i got a white son. <laughs> and and so she became popular for that, I guess. But she's she meant all the world to me. Right. And and even still, when I, we came back up to the United States in 2017, we brought her up here to the United States so that, that uh, she could meet my daughter when my daughter was born. Oh. And I just got to see her just over a month ago going to Hillview Baptist Church's 60th anniversary. And one of the best things I got to do when I was there is spend time with her again. And that's just a healthy appropriate relationship that mm-hmm. that helped me in there and and not only that that relationship but also the, the the example I had with deacons in the church and the pastor who was a mentor of mine Jamaican men who who exhibited what it was like to be a godly husband and a godly father and bring their kids to church and be faithful and those kinds of things that made a huge impression on me when I was in my early 30s thinking well, what's what's got what God got ahead for me? Well, He had some great examples for me to learn from there, mm-hmm. and that was wonderful to me mm-hmm. and helpful. And I got involved in the church mm-hmm. in ways in whatever way I could because I loved it there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I was more connected to that church because I was in a different environment, a different culture than I mean, I'd be com- comfortable in most of, you know here in the United States, and so church wasn't it didn't take on that special meaning and role that that it had there in Jamaica and that was really helpful for me. Right, right. So they they got involved in your life. And yes, absolutely. So they ministered to you, you were ministering oh, to them. Oh, absolutely. But they ministered to oh, you. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. And really I think that in church that that is church life. That's It really is. That's healthy. God made it. That's why he created the church. You know, mm-hmm. yes, you can worship God alone. But you, yeah. but you cannot fellowship alone. Yes. And that's what what the church is all about, isn't very it? Very much so. Very yeah, much. That's right. So um all right, so uh, one of the things in your article that you touched on, but you didn't mention uh, a great deal, is uh, uh, the transition from single ministry to married ministry. Ah, and yeah. uh, so I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, and it's probably worth another article. 
but could you share some challenges you face in making that transition yourself? Okay, challenges. Well, there's challenges just with being married, not because of who I married. She's wonderful, but it's because I still was a simple person. And you would think that someone who waited till they're almost 39 to get married would appreciate the wonderful opportunity for that and what God has provided and, and all of that. But I wasn't. I was selfish and I was set in my own ways. And uh, there was a lot of rough edges that my wife had to deal with, and God's been working on me ever since. But, but even still, uh, having a forgiving wife and, and someone who's patient with me has been a really good blessing. So there's that aspect. But then there's also the aspect of ministry and how that, the dynamic of how that works. And, you know, my ministry was to men, and at the Bible college, and, and, and staying up late with the guys and all that stuff. Well, now that I was married, now there's women in our home, and my <laughs> wife is ministering to to those both single and married, and and that is a, an added dynamic. And also, we can have couples over to our house. That's been nice, and we've also had on a, a on a regular basis having single people over too. Mm-hmm. And you know, she wasn't as old as I was when she got married. She was in her late twenties, but but she knew what that was like and the pressures that are there and mm-hmm. things like that. And we have been greatly benefited by by um the singles in our life. And in right. fact even even in, in crisis situations too. Right. Uh, in two instances my wife had had uh, an episode during the night that I had to take her to the hospital, and the first thing I did is I called uh, one of her friends to, to come and and stay with the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, she was there in eight minutes or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she was just mm-hmm. uh, you know um, a wonderful help to us, and mm-hmm. that was was extremely how uh, meaningful to us that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. How you know, there's all different aspects of how life goes but yeah. serving god is is the main thing mm-hmm. any other uh maybe you could uh, i touched on i had this question what were some of the blessings and perhaps surprises as you made this transition okay well yeah like i said is i got to know more people especially couples and that was nice because usually i'm you know i'm connected with with the man in the home and stuff like that and and that was mm-hmm. were my friends and stuff but uh, there's an added dynamic there, and then getting to know people when they're kids, and thinking, oh man, someday maybe I'm going to have a kid. What's that going to be like? <laughs> yeah, and then I yeah. go, what? I don't want to have, and what I'm going to do, and all that. But but uh, the reality is very different. But it was just helpful to see that, and and how they read, how they raise their kids. And I realized, oh why well, I should pay attention to that. That's a really helpful yeah, thing. Right. And now I've got two young kids. Right. I'm 52, and I'm chasing a five-year-old and a nine-year-old around. <laughs> Never thought I'd be doing that. Yeah. But that's yeah. the way it is. Well, that's great. Well, what a blessing. And and uh, I know that your article, I think your article will be a real blessing to people as they read it. And uh, I do want to encourage people to do that, to subscribe and to read to the read the article. And I think we'll wrap it up here. We're, uh, I want to thank Ken for this thoughtful article and the interview, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I'd encourage our listeners, as I said, to pay for our subscription to the Proclaim and Defend Substack so you can read the full article itself right away. If you purchase a yearly subscription, we will send you the print version of Frontline as well, so you will get to see the many more great articles like this one. This is Don Johnson signing off with Ken Rathman on this edition of the Proclaim and Defend podcast. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. 
If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast.